0: Are you an enthusiastic wine drinker, but sweat uncontrollably over a restaurant list from Alvarino to Zweigelt? Set aside your fears, relax, and start enjoying Wine Without Worry. Here's your host, Jameson Fink. And it's Jameson Fink with another episode of Wine Without Worry. Wine Without Worry is brought to you by Wente Vineyards, America's oldest family-owned winery and California's first family of Chardonnay. You can visit them online at wentevineyards.com. And right now I'm sitting in a couple In one of two very comfortable chairs With Mike Easton uh, You may remember him from such episodes as um, Il Corvo Pasta And now he's gotten into pizza Which is one of my other favorite things I just I just can't get enough carbs in all forms One of the first things you'll notice About the pizza here at Gabbiano Pizzeria is that um, It's not round So my first question for you Mike is um, Why is your pizza not round?
1: Well you know It's a different style of pizza. Um, People are very familiar with round pizzas, um, you know, that's very typically identified with Napoli, kind of Napoli-style pizza, which is probably the most popular pizza in Italy, for sure, and that pizza is probably the pizza that the most influenced American pizza And so that's probably the most worldwide popular pizza. Um, But the other type of pizza that people do in in Italy, there's actually two other kinds. Um, You know, they do pizza al taglio, which means cut pies, which is kind of Italy's answer to the sliced pie, kind of quick street food. And, you know... I don't know why it, in Italians arrived at doing square pizzas but I think probably it, it's a little bit more of efficient you know a little more efficient to me than you know multiple round pizzas that you're going to cut into unless you are very good with a pizza cutter you're going to cut into like inaccurate weird little triangles of pizza that people then order by the slice whereas the pizza al taglio roman style street pizza allows you to you get to decide how big of a piece you want and we cut it to size for you
0: and so you basically just you have a i guess it's would say it's rectangular and what's also interesting is that i mean it's 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 long and, and fairly narrow and you order it by not by the slice but by weight
1: well, you know, you, you, you order it kind of by the size you want, and we'll weigh it, and, and we sell it by weight. I mean, I don't expect any of our customers to know off the top of their head how many grams of pizza they'd like to eat for lunch. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, can you convert that into inches for me, please? <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we don't have anyone walk up to the counter and say, I'll take 257 grams <laughs> of the pepperonata pizza, please. You know, essentially we let people eat with their eyes, which is, you know, kind of... Also, what Pizza All Italia is really makes it fantastic is it's this gorgeous display, and everything is there, and you you don't really you're not going to see uh, pepperoni or mushrooms in black olive pizzas here. You're going to see beautiful squash flowers and zucchini that are in season and peppers and and uh, yeah, just a little bit more outside the box toppings.
0: Yeah, let's talk about the toppings too, because um, it reminds me of uh, well, Il Corvo in a way, where you have a basic pasta, but then you're also um, sourcing really interesting, unique, seasonal ingredients. But instead of you know being tossed with your pasta, it's coming atop of pizzas. Is that an accurate way of describing Gabbiano?
1: That's absolutely accurate. You know, we we went to Rome, and Johannes and I spent a week doing nothing but eating pizza. Sometimes. You know, three or four times a day, Uh, there was a fair amount of drinking and quite a bit of walking. (laughs)
0: Um, That's how you make the eating and drinking possible, it's all the walking.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and and the thing we, the couple things we really took away from Pizza in Rome is that the people who were really doing it right, like the, the outstanding pizza, in Rome is really topped very much the way Italians top their pasta or eat any of their meals or make their antipasti they absolutely go to the farmers market and see what's beautiful and in season and available grab it dress it appropriately whether it you know needs some chilies or some salt or some vinegar or a, a slow braise or a quick roast and put it on top of amazing flatbread
0: and that's, that's pretty much it, you know. So, what were some of the best topped pizzas that you had while you were in Rome? What were the things that were really memorable? Um, absolutely,
1: uh, salt, cotton, and potato was one of our favorites. Um, we're running that today on the menu. Um, another one that was pretty amazing was actually a purple cabbage and pancetta. Was, wow. You know, I mean, really outside the box stuff. There was one that. Um, a beautiful just olive oil, light garlic sauce, some fresh raw prosciutto, and edible flowers. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, you know, I'm, I'm talking very specifically of a place called Pizzarium, which yeah. is behind the Vatican, which is really the, the place that we fell in love with. But How, how is that spelled? Pizzarium. It's spelled pizza. Okay. No. I can. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me think about it. Uh, P-I-Z-Z... E-R-I-U-M, I believe.
0: Okay. Pizzeria. Oh, got it. Okay. I'm gonna, We'll okay. look that up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're at the Vatican, you're, you're practically there.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were really enamored with that
0: place in particular.
1: And, um, you know, obviously there's a very famous place called Forno in Campo de Fiore. And, you know, we actually originally set out to make that style of pizza. Like, mm-hmm. when we went to Rome... In our mind, we were specifically thinking about doing the pizza that Forno in Campo de Fiori does, which is still a very wet dough, a very gingerly stretched dough, very thin, cooked directly on the deck, very high heat, and these big, long pizzas. And they serve that as pizza al metro, which means pizza by the meter, where you actually pay by how long of a piece. Right. As opposed to weight, where pizzarium does it by weight. Mm-hmm. But, you know, after a week in Rome, we kind of changed our plans. We fell in love with the pizza al taglio.
0: So, we kind of decided to go that direction mid-trip. So, you ate a lot of pizza, did a lot of drinking. Did you drink a lot of wine? I mean, What wines are popular in, for with pizza in Rome? You know, um... We had, we, you
1: know, we're in Rome, and so one thing you'll find, I'm sure you know, when you're in Italy, whatever region you're in is the very best wine in Italy, just ask anyone who lives in that region. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, so while we were there, we were drinking a lot of Lazio wines, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I can't think of any, like, right off the top of my head, but, you know... Um, we were drinking a lot of Lazio wines. We were actually drinking a fair amount of local beers, too. We were really interested in trying a lot of the Italian beers. And, uh, matter of fact, Gabriel Bonci the, the person who owns Pizzarium also owns, right in the heart of Rome, a really cool um, craft brew kind of brew pub, which is seems completely out of place in the heart of Rome. Yeah, and it's filled with all sorts of Italian beers, mm. and it was a really interesting, cool place to go. But yeah, lots of Lazio wine. Um, once we got out in the hills, I think we had some really fantastic whites. We mm-hmm. got we got we got taken. Um, out to this little place called Borgo and we're blown away with some wines. Of course, I can't remember any of them. Yeah, it's okay.
0: You know how that goes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're just drinking what people hand you a glass of something and it's refreshing and perfect for the moment and the food. So, you know, it's not the time to get all wine spectator on them.
1: I mean, to me, good wine goes with good food. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. So one of the other things unique about Gabbiano is the crust. And I know, I mean, the crust is the crux. I mean, that's what you, you worked on that for a long time. Um, and how how is the crust unique and different? Like, tell me that, the, I mean, literally the starting of it is the starter, correct?
1: A- absolutely. So we worked on that crust for, oh, well, you know, probably since ch- February. So six months we've been working specifically on the crust, long before we even went to our trip to Italy. And it's it's a very different type of crust. So, yeah, it starts with a sourdough starter. So we we actually sourced... A supposedly, allegedly, Uh 150-year-old sourdough starter from San Francisco. I mean, whether it was or it wasn't,
0: who knows? Yeah. Yeah, you you can get it carbon dated, maybe. You could,
1: if (laughs) if there's any left. I mean, the the cool thing about starter is, you know, possibly, maybe, over the past 150 years, there may still be one or two molecules of the original starter still there. But so it starts with a sourdough starter. And it also has a, a, a bit of whole grain content to it, which um, we really like. And and the yeast and microbes in the natural leavening agents really like whole grain also. So it, it helps them react better and develops this great flavor. Um, and it's also a very wet dough. It's, you know... I won't, I won't say the exact percentage. It's trade, it's trade secret. Of course. But it's definitely approaching, you know, 80% hydration, which, if you can imagine, 100% hydration would be equal weight of water and flour in your dough, which essentially is like pancake batter. Yeah. So now if you just pull some of that water out, yeah, you kind of get the consistency our dough is. Yeah. And um, at first, it is very much like pancake batter, and over a series of... Um, of kind of a one full day kind of pre-ferment and and proofing and turning the dough and refolding the dough and developing the glutens and then a one to two night cold fermentation process, it it really becomes dough. Like it, it really has an amazing transformation as the glutens form and so when you work with it, it is still a very wet dough but it's not like pancake batter Mm -hmm. and so that enables the dough like we kind of put the dough out on these special pans that we had to source and the pans are kind of key they're these carbon steel giant rectangle pans and the the material of the pan is so incredibly important because we're baking them at 600 degrees an aluminum pan will just not cut Mm -hmm. it it will warp and twist and aluminum is also not naturally non-stick you can't put parchment paper beneath it; it will just char. You you know it'll it'll like set on fire, maybe. You know, r- rice flour will yeah. just burn. <clears throat> so, the natural non-stick of a well-seasoned carbon steel pan is absolutely essential for for this particular dough. And so, what it does is you you know you really there's almost no stretching involved. You take the dough and you just kind of press it out to the shape and throw it in the oven. The carbon steel really transfers that heat quickly and creates all these big, beautiful air bubbles throughout the dough. You know, the high water content kind of turns the steam quickly and makes this airy, light, bubbly dough. The carbon steel and the, you know, gratuitous amounts of olive oil we put on each each (laughs) piece of dough kind of give it this, like that really nice crispy olive oil bottom crust that crunches when you bite into it topped with a big airy fluffy dough and once you have that once you've got this amazing i mean in my mind just an amazing piece of bread it's it's complex it's got sourdough starter it's airy it's crispy by itself it's delicious mm-hmm. You then just have a platform to put anything your heart's desire on top, and it's it's lunch.
0: Yeah, and then you don't, like you said earlier, you don't want to overshadow the dough with, like, you know, that kind of pizza that's, like, glopped on with, like, a hundred every topping in the kitchen sink and tons of sauce yeah, and cheese. You yeah, want to yeah. be kind of judicious with what you do.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you, you, you almost think of this as it, it's, I mean, not quite like a crostini or something, but it's – you want to make – you know, a few well-orchestrated flavors together that complement the bread. Put them on top. You know, we're, you will never find a pepperoni pizza at Pizzeria Gabiano. Mm-hmm. and I apologize to pepperoni lovers. You know, you will find a house-made spicy capicola that's got some really nice shaved and, like, lightly pickled celery and celery tops on top, which gives you all those things you want from a pepperoni pizza. Spicy, fatty, Mm. Tomato sauce, but then also complements it with a little.
0: We're in a we're in a working functioning, uh, <laughs> newly constructed building. We're sitting in the lobby, and I don't even know the names of these chairs. What are these called? <laughs> What's that? These are Barcelona chairs.
1: Sorry, these are these uh,
0: are. Um, you know, I forget the exact designer, but these are actually.
1: Uh, is it maybe it's Mies van der Okay. Mies van. That Vandero. sounds right. So this is these are actually my favorite chair ever designed and it's I'm quite pleased that they sit in the lobby if you can see me again. Yeah.
0: This is this is the kind of podcast it is. We only sit in the finest his, historically <laughs> nice. significant job of seating. Um, I don't even remember what we were talking about. Uh oh, we were talking about pizza and dough. Del- oh, oh, um uh, pepperoni that uh, you can right. scratch that itch right, with some right. house made yeah, spicy absolutely. Chemical. So you'll get that, you know. You can just say um, spicy and fatty. Like yeah, in, spicy, fatty pork products right,
1: are. Right. People expect that on a pizza, but, you know, pepperoni's not going to make an appearance on Pizzeria Gaviano. You know, mushrooms and black olives are not going to make an appearance on Gaviano. Not that those things aren't right. good. Those things are all very good, but. You know, we want to stand behind our decision to make a different pizza for Seattle. And this is a type of pizza that not only is not represented at all in Seattle, Mm -hmm. I think I only know of one other place on the West Coast that does pizza like this. I believe it's in San Francisco.
0: Yeah. Uh, that reminds me. I remember some uh, a-hole making a comment on, I think it was your blog, like um, typical, typical anonymous thing, like, uh, just what just what Seattle needs another pizza place. You're, you know, we, you, you know. Um, by the way, that, that wasn't me making that anonymous comment. Just you know, wanna, would have
1: been, <laughs> I would put my name on it. You would have been more eloquent. <laughs> you, you yeah. would have, um, we've had a numerous we've had numerous
0: comments like that. You know,
1: we are learning that unlike pasta, mm-hmm. pizza is something that is so incredibly personal to people. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is. It has such an emotional and personal connection to people that yeah. we it was just something that didn't we didn't really think about like we you know our thought is god everybody loves pizza and as a chef you think to yourself like i love pizza right. and i love to try every type of sure. pizza and it's slammed down this is new and different yeah. and, and people, bring it on people are going to be excited but and you know most people are but yeah. there's definitely a percentage of people who have this image in their mind and this, this, this like dear to their heart of what yeah. their pizza is and we are not that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the people who come in here and in their mind, you know, Bar Del Corso, which does some uh, fantastic wood fire pizza. Absolutely. In their mind, that's the best pizza in Seattle. Yeah. And, and we are absolutely not going to be able to achieve competing with that because yeah. we are such a different style pizza. Mm-hmm. And those people are going to come in and maybe not even like our pizza, mm-hmm. you know. And, and absolutely, we've had... Um, of varying emotional responses, most of them good, but we have absolutely had a few people who have taken the time to handwrite me a postcard wow. on how much they dislike
0: the a stuff. A postcard? Like you had to like think about it, like, write it with a pen, put a stamp on it, well, address it, they, put it in the actually, mail?
1: They actually grabbed one of our Pizzeria gabbiana oh. postcards oh, okay. and wrote a full postcard uh-huh. on, on how... This is absolutely not pizza, and mm-hmm. we have no right to call this pizza. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, oh, yeah. That's
0: very and, nervy. I mean,
1: that is a very emotional, that's really, uh, you know, yeah. visceral yeah. response.
0: You have no right to. I mean, that's yeah. like something so, out of like a, a bad, uh, a bad you, t- TV drama. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> how dare, how dare you, yeah, you, sir? Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: so, you know,
1: we, we have those, but for the most part, people love it. And the people who have been to Rome... Really love it. Like, especially, I mean, we have had, you know, we have that postcard. Mm-hmm. And then we also get, you know, a handful of people a day who say, Oh my God, I studied in Rome. Mm-hmm. I, I went to school there. I was there for a year. I was so broke, all I could afford was Roman street pizza, you know, for like one euro worth of pizza. Mm. And it was fantastic, and you were nailing it, and this is exactly like being in Rome. And those people, really make it worth it. Unfortunately, as a chef owner, it takes ten of those people to counteract that one person who scowls at you and says, this sucks, this isn't pizza. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then um, one, one last thing I want to ask you before we actually go into Pizzeria Gaviano and uh, see what's going on there this morning as you get ready to open. Um, what else, what else do you do besides pizza? Yeah, I'm, I'm eating my kilos, my meters of pizza. Like, are there uh, um, antipasti or things that you do as well?
1: Well, we do have a, a special that if you can eat
0: two kilos of pizza, it's free.
1: Okay, wow. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, no, we, we have some, uh, you know, always fresh and seasonal antipasties going on. Um, you know, once again, very much like Il Corvo, you will not see a green salad. There is not going to be a romaine salad mm-hmm. on our menu.
0: There's no uh, mesclun greens from a from a bag or There's a no box.
1: Greens yeah. from a bag, you know. Um, but the things we do have, like today, we've got just absolutely beautiful these dragon's tongue beans. These beautiful
0: purple speckled and white. Yeah, I saw someone on your staff uh, breaking them down. Yeah,
1: and they're, they're gorgeous, and you, you eat them raw. You can eat the oh, whole really? pod, and they're sweet and, and, <laughs> and crisp. And, you know, those, um, I'm actually not even sure what they're in there right now tossing them with. Yeah. they probably love uh-huh. and deliciousness. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and then we, of course, olives. You know, I, I love olives. Yeah. Um, and then there's also a first for my restaurants is we have beer.
0: Oh, wow. So we've
1: got a really nice cream pilsner on tap. Okay,
0: I love all all, all their beers. They're out of Hood River, right? Yeah, yeah. All their beers I've had I've really liked, and it's hard to say that about a lot of breweries or wineries. Some some of them, they make one thing. Oh, I like their red or I like their stout. But everything I've had from them has been awesome.
1: Yeah, they're great. And then we're pouring, you know, we've got a really nice Barbaresco or rather, sorry, Barbera d'Alba. Barbaresco is actually classically a pizza wine. Mm. But uh, we have this nice Barbera d'Alba we pour here um, that we also pour at Il Corvo that I just yeah. really like. It's just an incredibly approachable red.
0: Barbera is a great pizza wine.
1: And then um, kind of we've got a nice, uh, in my mind, an atypical Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. Um Whereas it's not as buttery and oaky as an American Chardonnay. It's, a lot, it's got a much more crisp acidity to it that, you know, when I'm, when I'm having spicy food mm-hmm. and vegetable-focused food, yeah. which a lot of our pizzas really are, yeah. I really like a crisp, miner- minerally white that's just going to kind of almost be like a palate cleanser every yeah. time you take a sip of it. Yeah.
0: They're really vegetable-loving wines, white wines like that. Well, Mike, let us uh, leave our most comfy seats, and I know, I know, let's, uh, let's, let's, look at, let's see what's going on in the restaurant. You're listening to Wine Without Worry with Jameson Fink. So we're inside Gabiano Pizzeria, and Mike, can you introduce me to Johannes and, and what he's doing here?
1: Uh, well, Johannes is, right now, he's forming some of our doughs and getting them in their oven for the initial bake. You know, this, this type of dough, like I said, it's, it's very much like a bread. And because it's thicker and airier, we actually do a first bake with nothing on it but olive oil and just kind of, that lets the dough expand and create these beautiful be- pockets Beautiful pockets yeah. we're looking at. And then we take that dough and then, then apply the toppings and, and bake it one more time before you eat it. So he's working on that, you know, just forming these big, beautiful, rectangular doughs. And he's, you know, uh, I'm, I mentioned earlier that he went with me to Rome and we, we were, we both spent the entire week there because really this is, this is his, his show. Johannes is the man here. He, he is our pizzola, pizzayo, pizzeria, pi, pi, pizzeriadero, whatever you call yeah, it. He, yeah. He's that one.
0: He's the main pizza guy. Yeah. And, the VIP pizza guy.
1: Yeah, and so he kind of comes in and early in the morning, like I do at Il Corvo. I make the pasta and kind of uh-huh. help direct the menu. He runs this place very much the same. He comes in really early, pulls the doughs out from the fridge that have been fermenting, kind of gets them portioned up, gets ready to make the pizza, directs his crew on what toppings we're doing, what seasonal toppings, and kind of the pizza plan for the day. Um, I hear there's salt cod and bacalao today. Awesome. Um, uh, Jun, I, I just gave him a couple lessons the other day on how to pull the fresh mozzarella. Uh huh. Asa- I remember
0: we did that at Ol Corvo Absolutely. once. That was fun.
1: So I saw him pulling some fresh mozzarella earlier. That gets topped on. Uh, I believe he's going to be a mortadella pizza with oh. fresh mozzarella and a pistachio pesto drizzle oh, on wow. it. Oh wow! Hell yeah! Um, uh, madeline is dressing our chickpea salad today this looks is beautiful super seasonally light with heirloom tomatoes uh-huh. fresh zucchini looks like a little marjoram vinegar and oil just very simple uh-huh. and uh looks like we got first pizzas coming out of the oven maybe. nice
0: for the first oh, pa- yeah. wow look at how puffy uh that's really incredible
1: yeah there you go
0: that is super puffy so that's the first bake, and then the first uh, bake. and then you let it kind of chill out for a little bit, and then you uh, yeah, top we'll, it and put it back in?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Actually, we'll, we'll cut these all down to half, okay. half pies, uh-huh. too, and kind of, they'll be, some of them will be long and skinny, uh-huh. some will be in half the other direction, and so these will be... Beautiful. These, these will be all our, all our pies for the day. We're going to do about 20 of these for the day.
0: Okay, Wow
1: and so you know that's each one of these is a two kilo dough when it goes in the oven so you know 40 kilos of pizza dough today and we can convert that into stone i think it's probably like 15 stone oh god me. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is like a great math lesson <laughs> yeah metric feet stone yards um and then so we of course we're in pioneer square just like il corvo um what are your hours here
1: uh, Eleven to three, Monday through Friday. Okay, yeah.
0: So you just like Il Corvo, more or less. You got to be here for lunch, and if you snooze, you lose.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, we don't quite have the line out the door when we open here, but it is building. Yeah. Um, we have run out of pizza a few days. I mean, that is kind of the thing about this style pizza is we we can't just keep making dough and keep right. making pizza all day long. Yeah. We we can only make. A, a certain amount and I mean it's a process that starts the day before it starts two days two days before wow I mean it started in February uh
0: huh that's true no it started 150 (laughs) years ago in San Francisco yeah Yeah. so
1: you know and so we do run out here and there and and the pizza the pizza selection changes throughout the day we'll probably have four or five selections on display at any given moment but Johannes may make Eight or ten different right. pies throughout the day, and, and uh, inevitably, when you come to eat here, you're gonna you're gonna pick these beautiful pizzas that you are very excited to eat, and you are gonna sit down and start eating them. And as you take your first bite, you're gonna see something you wish you had ordered yeah. come out of the oven and go yeah. up on the display. Yeah, and so you're forced to then just come back around for round two.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, don't uh, if you have that fear of loss like I do, be sure you get to Il. To, uh, sorry, to Gabiana yeah, Pizzeria early and often. And come and enjoy this great pizza in Pioneer Square. And I, one day I want to do the, uh, the double lunch of going to Il Corvo and then Gabbiano I mean, on how the same day. people do that. Yeah. yeah. Now that you should get, like, a, like a sticker for or something. <laughs> or just an, just an boy or good job. Yeah. Well, thanks, Mike. Thanks for being on the show today and showing me around the pizzeria. Awesome. Thanks, Jameson.